the following podcast has been paid for ladies and gentlemen welcome to perched on the top rope i am your host former dirt sheet writer from places like the daily ddt sports kita and ringside news i am lee walker and i am joined by perch correspondent if it's impact AEW and wwe and they're in the tri-state area he's there it's justin Largertoe. and i am also joined by the great video editor the youtube guy he runs the twitch got affiliated in a day ladies and gentlemen it is alexander todd namaste trying a new opener seeing how it fit i kind of like it might roll with it we'll try it again the next episode but tonight it's not about the show opener it's not about who opened the show it's about wwe clash at the castle Boys, this is going to be quite the pay-per-view. And when a certain match comes up, there is some rumors and news going around. But we'll get to that in a minute. Guys, when you just look at the card, what do you think? Stacked. Absolutely stacked. How about you, Justin? We lost him there for a second. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you're back. Justin, what do you think of the Clash of the Castle card? Okay, so yeah, I'm back. A little bit of technical difficulties here, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of surprised because there's so few matches on this card as of right now. Like, usually I'm used to the, you know, 9-10 match Saudi Arabia card, and doesn't look like that's what we're getting here. So. Right. Looks fine. I mean, well, there's, mu- there's multiple things that have got me hooked on this card. For one, the incredible stellar storytelling behind the Matt Riddle, Seth freaking Rollins storyline that they've got going on, uh, including Matt Riddle gaining his first name back. He found it in the middle of his parking lot brawl with Seth Rollins the other day. Um, we've got the reuniting of Edge and Rey Mysterio as a tag team, former WWE tag team champions. That's kind of cool and nostalgic for me specifically because when I really got into wrestling, that was right around the time when they were originally teaming. And honestly, I hooked on this Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre main event. Um, if there's if words to be believed, there might be a couple surprises in store for that main event or after the main event. I'm not going to say anything regarding that right now because we're just here for predictions. But I think this card is shaping up to be a big one. I think it's a good card. I think we're going to get some surprises in there, but let's break down the card and give our predictions. Absolutely. We have a trios match, or as WWE calls them, a six-women tag match. We have the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, joining Alexa Bliss and Asuka, taking on Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eosky. And they're on the rise. So I'm not going to lie. I don't have a lot invested in this match. There's no particular reason. There's just other matches to me that are on this card that have more importance, have more weight to it. This just kind of seems like 
hey, we really don't know who to make the number one contender right now, so this is what we're doing. We have a new group that just came in, you know, with uh, Bailey, Dakota, and EO. They're, you know, really the first, you know, women's factions that, you know, we've had in a while, you know, aside from just two. So, we, you know, they don't know what to do. So this is what they're doing for now. Uh Again, I don't have much invested, but I want to say Bailey Dakota and EO Sky win this. Uh, having them, you know, come back, make returns all together at SummerSlam was great, especially since, you know, we didn't have any word of it really, except with the hunch of Bailey. But I'm going with them. I just, I, in my opinion, they need the win to prove some sort of dominance as a group, as opposed to losing to three women who were just thrown together. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on that one, Lee. Um, I've got a little bit of a different theory as to why, but now is not the time for Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eos Kai to lose. Um, obviously, they are still very hot coming off of their returns at SummerSlam or their call-ups at SummerSlam. And I don't think now is the time for them to lose. However, I don't see Bianca Belair taking the pin here because we do still need to set up a future women's title challenger. So I've, I'm going to say that either Asuka or Alexa Bliss is going to take the pin here, uh, probably by whoever is going to win on the other side. That will be who challenges Bianca, which, I mean... I feel like it might not be Bailey yet because I think they might be saving that one up because that one's a storytelling and the years now, you know, Bailey got injured warming up for a match against Bianca Belair. So I could almost see them. They're, they're very invested with long-term storytelling when it comes to Bianca Belair. They were before Vince even left. And uh, yeah, it was clear with the Bianca Belair Becky Lynch match at WrestleMania earlier this year that had been, you know, half a year in the making. And I think we're going to see the same thing here with Bailey. So I don't see Bianca Belair losing the title until maybe WrestleMania. I could see Bailey facing her at WrestleMania. I think that's her best match at WrestleMania. So with that being said, I don't think Bailey wins here or becomes the challenger yet. I would say it's probably going to be either uh, Dakota Kai or Io Sky. And that's going to be, you know, this long hurdle that Bianca Belair has got to go through to eventually get to Bailey. So I think, I think Dakota Kai could probably use it the most right now. Cause EO sky has been around. She's been in NXT. She's won matches. I think Dakota Kai uh, really needs to re-kick off her career in WWE. So I could see uh, my, my prediction is going to be that Dakota Kai pins Alexa bliss and wins it for the team. Okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of on the same page as both of you. The only thing I'm, kind of going back and forth on. I do believe this is leading to Bianca and Becky, uh, Bianca and Bailey at Extreme Rules in some kind of stipulation match. You know, if they want to go in the direction of having Dakota or EO challenge before Bailey, you know, that's fine. I think you could do a little storytelling, having Bailey challenge for the title at Extreme Rules, because if you remember, like you brought up, Alex, Bailey was supposed to face Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank last year before she tore her ACL. And that was going to be an I quit match. So there's a possibility they could run that back at Extreme Rules with the theme of the pay-per-view. But, you know, I'm on the same page with you guys. This group with Dakota and EO and Bailey should not be losing at all right now. 
And I'm not even going to get into the finals, the women's tag title tournament, because I disagree with that show wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, I get the goat Aaliyah was in it, but she didn't, she didn't, you didn't got to put the titles on them. Listen, so, it's, it's all about the long game. Papa H has a plan. Okay. Uh, you know, and I'm not doubting Papa H's plan, but you know what? I feel like they could have used the titles on EO and Dakota, but I, I definitely see, I believe they're going by damage control is the name of the group. I see them winning here and setting up a match with Bailey and Bianca at the next pay-per-view. Okay. All right. So we all agree on that one. 100%. Our next match is a tag team match. Um, I believe originally slated to be the Mysterios versus Judgment Day is now Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Damian Priest. We saw the shakeup happen on Monday Night Raw. Dominic understanding. But they've been teasing a Dominic Mysterio heel turn, I think. And I see Dominic costing Ray and Edge the match. Maybe like it might not seem like it's on purpose. But after the match is when we'll really find out and really see that, yeah, it was totally on purpose. Maybe Texas dad, or, you know, it's just very blatant in the middle of the match. But I think this is where we get the Dominic Mysterio heel turn and he joins Judgment Day. The thing between he and Rhea has been like too. I don't know. Sexually, how to sexually charged. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking jealous, man. Yeah, but man. clearly, based on who she dates, Dominic is not her type. Yet, she's grooming him. Yeah. Okay, Stacy Cornett. <laughs> no. Uh. Yeah. No. I see where you're going with that, Lee. Uh, I saw a really interesting fan theory on this today that said, you know, if you've noticed, the closer the skill turn has been coming, the more that Dominic has been. I don't know his hair. If you paid attention to his hairstyle, it's almost been becoming heel Eddie Guerrero like and there's a lot of people that have this fan theory that when uh Dominic does join the judgment day that they might pull in this view with uh Ray that he will end up having that you know I really wish I was Eddie's child and that he changes his last name in spite of Ray Mysterio and starts going by Dominic Guerrero which like That'd be a really cool way to like get Eddie back into storylines, even though he's no longer with us and still have like a lasting effect on his legacy too. I don't know. It's just a little coincidental to me because like I said, I've noticed as he's been getting closer to this heel turn, he's been kind of starting to look a little like heel Eddie Guerrero a little bit. And I think that's a cool little twist on it, but yeah, no, there's uh, there's definitely something going on with this Dominic Mysterio Rhea Ripley thing. I do think she's going to be the catalyst to actually get him to turn on his uh, father and edge. However, when I see this turn happening, I have a feeling it's going to originally start with more of him attacking edge. And then over the couple of weeks, you'll see Ray try and knock some sense into him. Dominic will almost seem like he accepts, you know, what his father has to say before turning on him ultimately to and solidifying his place in the judgment day. Uh, with that being said, I do agree with Lee that he's going to, it's going to look as if he and, in unintentionally caused edge and Rey Mysterio, the victory 
And then I think after the match is over, when they get all up in his face, I think Judgment Day is going to attack and he's going to join. So um, I've got Judgment Day winning this one. Yeah, I kind of see the same thing from both sides. You know, even if they go all the way with the heel turn or if it's an unofficial thing and they want to kind of drag it out for a few weeks and tease it a little bit more because they've definitely been teasing it on TV for the past month and a half, two months now. But, you know, Dominic, well, let's be real. He's not going to do anything for the Judgment Day if he does join. But at least I'm Nick Mysterio to... won't, but Dominic Guerrero will. Okay, listen, I, at least I won't have to listen to him be a whiny bitch on TV every week. Did you hear him last uh, this past Monday on Raw? Dad, I thought this was going to be a family thing. Why are you teaming with Edge? Hey. Don't my dad anymore. I'll join the Judgment Day. No, you know what? I'll, I'll be glad not to hear that anymore. And, you know, fucking Dominic. Yeah, he's going to join the Judgment Day. That's where all this is leading. For sure. Judgment Day has to win here because it's just been fucking loss after loss. And they if anyone wants to take this group seriously, they got to get at least one fucking win and one big win in here. You know, I know they've had their wins singles wise with guys like Ziggler and AJ, but, you know, you got to get a big fucking win on a big show. And I feel like that's what we're going to see here. All I'm saying is that the only way that this storyline culminates uh, perfectly is if Rhea Ripley takes Dominic Mysterio's virginity. Yes, agreed. Ladies and gentlemen, even though you just heard the perched correspondent, Justin Largertoe, seemingly just shit on Dominic Mysterio, you can hear him rave all about Dominic Mysterio and his Build-A-Figure in the WWE Elite Series at youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. And for all you podcast listeners out there, you can find us anywhere from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We're there, Perched on the Top Rope. It is a cool Build-A-Figure, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. Typical Mm -hmm. Justin talking shit about somebody on a podcast and then raving about them somewhere else almost like he does with dan Housen. listen negative one yep. would beat dominic's ass any day even mm. modern day today i'm sure i'll give him that one that one i will yeah i'm gonna go with negative one on that fair enough okay so uh what are we we're, we're two for two but we all had different theories on the dominic mysterio heel turn mm-hmm. interesting uh, our next match is the intercontinental championship gunter being your champion Taking on Sheamus. Boys, I want Sheamus straight up. I want new Intercontinental Champion. I want it to be Sheamus. There's no reason for it. Gunter is great. He's great. But, uh, you know, the last few champions have not made the Intercontinental Championship feel like it's worth a damn. Paulo Cruz, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, his yeah, his little run again with it. And, and now Gunter. See, I've got to disagree. I think Gunther is actually doing a really good job as Intercontinental Champion. He has had multiple title defenses so far. All of the matches have been bangers. His match with Shinsuke Nakamura was probably the best match on WWE television all year. And I think he's actually doing a really good job, but he's 
he's still just at the beginning of his reign. He hasn't been intercontinental champion for like too awful long, but here's the way I see it going down. I, I think in Cardiff, I think a Gunther retains the intercontinental championship. I think they're going to have the best match of the night. Honestly, uh, I think it's going to be a slobber knocker as good old JR used to say. And I think they're going to have the best match of the night, but I do think Gunther is going to win here. I think after this, though, between what we heard Butch say uh, to Tyler Bate on NXT coming off more as a baby face between Sheamus um, seemingly and his crew feuding with Gunther right now, I think after Cardiff, you're going to start seeing Sheamus and his group of guys go through like a baby face turn. And I think that this feud with Gunther will not be over. I personally would like to see this culminate with an intercontinental title win from Sheamus at Survivor Series. Yeah, so I'll be honest with you guys. I'm the same way. I want Sheamus to win, but I think we're getting Gunter winning here. You know, I'm very fucking excited for this match. I think it's going to be awesome. You know, these guys are fucking hard-hitting. They're going to beat the shit out of each other in Cardiff, Wales. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, do, I do see Gunter having a long title reign with the Intercontinental title, and they're still pretty high on him. You know, thankfully, Vince got ousted when he did, or else that probably would have changed by now. And, you know, I think I kind of see, and I don't know how you guys feel, do we see, without giving any spoilers away, because, you know, spoiler-free is the way to be, but, you know, do we see Butch go after Gunter next, and he continues to transition more into Pete Dunne going into that title match? Well, that would make yeah, do we see do we see just Sheamus being the guy going after Gunter consistently, or do we mix it up and have uh, have Butch slash Pete Dunn go after Gunter next? I think in the middle of the few, because like I said, I'd like to see this Gunther and Sheamus thing keep going because these are probably the two hardest hitting guys in the business. And you can get some hell of matches out of them. But I think what you're saying would be smart. I think somewhere in the middle of that feud, in order to draw it out, you have them have like a mini feud with Butch. And you have Gunther draw that old Pete Dunn mentality and character back out of him because, you know, as we all know, Gunther or Walter, as he was at the time, was the man that dethroned Pete Dunn for the NXT UK championship. So I think there's no better person to help bring that character back than Gunther, unless maybe Tyler Bate comes to the main roster because those Pete Dunn's got more blood with those two than anybody else. Um, but I think that'd be a good program to throw in the middle to kind of keep that Seamus Gunther rivalry going. And you have Pete Dunn transitioned back into, uh, into, I mean, you have Butch transitioned back into Pete Dunn. The only reason I don't want Gunther to have a super long reign as intercontinental champion is because I think at some point you've got to move him up to the main event. He is a main event player. He even, you know, we've seen with international stars before sometimes that, you know, their accents can sometimes hold them back as far as promo skills. Gunther is not the case. Gunther knows how to sell a promo. He knows how to sell a match. That man is main event talent. So I don't think you keep him in the mid card for too awful long. I think you start having him, uh, you know, throw shades of doubt that he's going to lose the title somewhere around, like I said, Survivor Series, maybe even the Royal Rumble. So that way, after WrestleMania, when Roman Reigns is inevitably dethroned, or whether it's before or up until then, um, 
you've got Gunther waiting on the sideline to be instantly inserted into the main event after WrestleMania season. Yeah, and you know, there's no dispute like this time next year, Gunther will be in the main event scene. I mean, they have done a very good job building him and keeping him strong since he's come to SmackDown. So, you know, whether he has a long reign with this IC title or they take him off of him here and just move him straight to the main event scene following this, you know, I could see either way, but. Let me ask you guys this when it comes to the Intercontinental Championship. We're all three different generations of professional wrestling when we started watching. I am from the golden age of the Intercontinental Championship being held by Macho Man Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior, Roddy Piper, Mr. Perfect, Honky Tonk Man. All very big, notable names in the industry. Now, Alex, uh, you come in around 2003, 2004. The- around there, yeah. I come, I come from a generation where you still had that same type of mentality. You had guys like Rob Van Dam, Randy Orton, uh, Jeff Hardy, those guys holding the Intercontinental Championship on their way to becoming main event stars. Edge, Chris Jericho, guys like that. Um, still the same mentality around then you, you use the intercontinental championship. You have a long reign and you use that as a stepping stone to the world title. Now, Justin, you come in, uh, at a, at a later date as well. Yeah, probably about 2000, 2001 area. So my, uh, my point is, is that in wrestling back then, you still had bigger names biding for this championship. So what I ask is, is it a lack of main event stars to come down to face the Intercontinental Champion? We never see that, to be honest with you. Is it WWE not having a strong enough mid card for people to care about the intercontinental championship or the final one is it the fact that wwe tries to rush people into a more main event scene without giving proper care to the mid card in the intercontinental championship See, I've I've got another theory that I would like to throw out there because I wholeheartedly believe in this theory. Um, I don't per se think it's any of those things. I think it is a direct result of the Vince McMahon booking over the past five to ten years. We've seen basically once we hit the WWE PG era that Vince very noticeably stopped caring about the mid card titles. We saw them bounce around. Everybody was playing hot potato with the, t- the uh, mid-card titles from somewhere around 2010 until probably earlier this year, if we're being honest. And I think we're now starting to see an immediate change with that as soon as Triple H took over. We've seen the vignettes for the United States title, for the Intercontinental title, when they've had title matches on TV where they show the lineage and show the prestige of these titles. And I think Triple H is immediately trying to undo what had been done to those titles over the past decade or so, because he himself comes from an era where 
he on the rise captured the intercontinental championship before he was a main event star. He knows what those titles meant. So I think it was a direct result of the Vince McMahon booking over the past decade. And I think because of that, it leads into your third option of not having the star power to either a come from the main event seat down to face mid card town or have them uh, establish the mid card and eventually become main eventers because Vince didn't book anybody well enough to do that. Yeah. You see, I kind of have the same viewpoint as Alex. I think it's all in the booking because when you think about it, there have been main eventers who have kind of come down a bit and challenged for the intercontinental title, like, you know, Roman Reigns and, Seth Rollins and The Miz and so on and so forth. AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, even a few years ago. And, you know, it didn't really feel like it was them elevating the Intercontinental title. More so it was, okay, we don't have anything for you in the main event scene of the world title right now. So we're just going to give you this. But, you know, you can't expect somebody to care about a title if you just don't dedicate the time to it and you don't dedicate the booking to it and you're not consistent with it. And that's been one of the issues I've seen for the longest time with both the Intercontinental and the United States title. I mean, you know, first night really Triple H is in charge. He's putting these video packages together, showing the lineage of the United States and the Intercontinental title, putting them in the main event spot of Raw and SmackDown, you know, you can definitely tell that he's trying to bring these titles back to where they were. And, you know, we heard Triple H looking into getting new designs for the title, uh, most of the titles in WB. And I think the Intercontinental title right now is definitely one that's in desperate need of that, or at least a fucking coat of paint on it or something so you can see the damn thing on television because you Not can't even change see the whole thing. Blair. I must be the only one that actually likes the current Intercontinental title design. No, Bro, I can't me. fucking see it when it's on TV. Dude, I, I love it. Change Look. it. All of it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Lee. Change that shit. It's fucking ugly, dude. My problem is the the reason I think I like that one, too, is because it's one of the few titles that isn't just uh, a title with a W in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Like the WWE title, the Universal title, the women's titles, they all look the same. I think that's why I like the mid-card titles is because they're, they're different. They don't look... Like, you know, your straight friggin' hexagonal or whatever you want to call it, shape with a W in it, like all the rest of them do. Okay, the 24-7 title doesn't have a W in the middle of it. Do you like that belt? Yes. No. How do you like that one, but not the Intercontinental title? Because the, the, the 24-7 title is literally just a circle with the words 24-7 in it. It is the laziest fucking title design I've ever seen. Yeah, so... So what's wrong with simple? That's fair. In my opinion, though, that intercontinental title looks like some shit out of the fucking Mayans and Incas ready to fucking go to war with each other type shit. Like battle of the tribes. Like I'm the warrior. Like, no, I'm not fucking buying that. Give me the fucking old school white strap back, bro. Give me what the fucking Miz did for that championship. Give me what Cody Rhodes did for that championship. Give me what my people from my time did for that championship. Honky Talk Man, Ultimate Warrior, Roddy Piper. Come on, man. It, it needs its prestigeness brought back to it, and that belt design is not doing it. It's I agree like, to disagree. 
It's like a senior it's like a Cena spinner belt all over again. I don't care if you pick the world championship or the United States championship. The only spinner belt that was worth a damn was either A, the Miz, because it didn't spin at all and it was down, or two edges. The rated R championship was the best ever. So uh there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so we've given you our opinion on the Intercontinental Championship, what we think of the Intercontinental Championship as of right now. Uh, Justin, I believe you said Gunther's going to win. Alex, who did you pick? I have Gunther as well. I think Sheamus wins it eventually, but not in Cardiff. Uh, I'm not being the same. I'm saying Sheamus wins because I think that's the match for the people to get the pop for a championship change, a a, a Bret Hart British Bulldog match, if you will, I will say. Um, I like it. The, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Liv Morgan, the champion, the Queen of Spades, uh, Shayna Baszler, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but you, you can't convince me that the girl just beat Ronda Rousey. There's no way she loses to Shayna. Shayna is like the WNBA and Ronda's the NBA. All eyes are on Ronda and everyone else is like Shayna who? I don't see Shayna winning this match. I don't know what they're trying to do with Liv Morgan. It's like, hey, let's put the baddest people against her to try and make believe she's legitimate. But we also saw where She's got the thing now, and people have also turned her back on her, booing her and stuff. Like, what the fuck? Everyone wanted her to win this championship. And Alex and Justin, I know you were two of them that wanted her to win this championship. Are you with the fans booing her, number one, the rest of the crowd? No. <laughs> no. Um, I do think she does still need to step her game up on the microphone. I think that's oh the one thing. Oh, my God. Thank you. Well, I mean, she has gotten better. I will say she's gotten better since she first showed up in the main on the main roster with the Riot Squad. I will give her that. Her promo work lately has been a little bit better, but it's not on par with the top-tier talent. However, I still, I don't know. I There's something about Liv Morgan that gives me the underdog, babyface feel that we don't see in the women's division that often, and for that, I, I support her. However... I think she's kind of a background player in this Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler storyline that is slowly forming. And because of that, Lee, I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction. Uh, I think Liv might get another crack at the title and be champion again at some point with the dominant Shayna Baszler character returning recently. I think we're going to see Shayna Baszler actually win the championship. And I think the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to start the build to Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Shayna's going to, you know, get in Ronda's head and basically be like, I did the one thing that you couldn't do. I'd be poor defenseless Liv Morgan easily because I think it's going to be a squash match. Um, I think she's going to say, you know, I did the one thing you couldn't do and I did it with ease. And I think that's going to start the slow eventual build to a WrestleMania program between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, because out of everybody that Ronda hasn't faced at Mania, Shayna's the only other one I'm interested in seeing. So I don't see Shayna winning this. I see Liv winning this. I also don't see Ronda and Shayna feuding coming out of this. If anything, just with the segment they had on SmackDown a few weeks ago, I see it more of 
them coming together and forming a team. And, you know, if Liv's Morgan is involved after that, you know, they can't bring Ruby Soho back. I mean, they can bring Sarah Logan back with the Riot Squad, but. Uh, She's actually been seen in recent vignettes with the Viking Raiders, so it's very possible. Yes, it, it, it is possible, but, you know, I, that, that's just how I see. I see Shayna and Ronda teaming following this or within the next few weeks or months. And Liv, you know, you got to think Charlotte Flair is popping her head through the wit through the door right now. No, 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 no. Yep. Alex, she's married now. She's in the gym. She's back in the gym. She just posted on her Instagram yesterday, actually. I love Charlotte. Go to AEW. Go to AEW. Way back. Nah, she can go and face, uh, she can go face Britt Baker. Look, uh, I think coming out of this, we move into Charlotte and Liv Morgan, and I don't fucking like it either, trust me, but that's just how I see it going. I love Charlotte. I just think she's done everything she can do in WWE. I don't think there's much more that she can do, so I would actually love to see a fresh air, uh, breathe a fresh air, and I'd love to see when her contract comes up if she goes to AEW. I think she can do some great things there. I'm not being ironic. I just think we've seen everything that the Charlotte Flair character can and has done in WWE. So that doesn't do anything for me. Well, when you run through all the accomplishments she can fucking have in about what, five years, I mean, how much more is there for you to do? I mean, she's faced just about everyone on the roster. What they're trying to have her do is what her dad did in 40 years. And she's doing it in like 10. And there's no need to rush that shit. I mean, she's got championship reigns of like what? As early as like a couple days. There's one of a couple minutes, I think. Yeah. Like, oh no, no, no. When Carmella cashed in, she didn't win the title. She retained. Never mind. So like, what the hell? Like, it doesn't add up. But whatever. They just want to, you know, she's gonna beat her dad's reign of how many championships, and that's it. And that, like, then she can leave. I think that's basically it. Doesn't but, Ronda versus Shayna at WrestleMania sound so much better than that? Yes, Look, it does, but I'm just saying, Charlotte's on her fucking way back. Good. She can. Justin's not wrong. She's on her way back. It's just. Ever, you know what? Charlotte, one last thing before, and then I'll let you speak, Lee. I think if we're really going to utilize Charlotte in the WWE at this point, I think have her go beyond the women's division, and I think have her start doing what China did, have her start challenging for the men's mid card titles. Yeah. Was it? Seriously. That's a good I, I, way to give her some more some more heat, honestly, without taking up the entire women's division. Yeah, and clearly after what we saw on Raw, WWE is uh letting some F bombs in. Holy hell. It was Speaking. nice. Not gonna lie. Cause that's our next match. Yes, sir. Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Best buildup on the entire card. Straight up. Wait, who who versus Seth Rollins? What was that name Matt you Riddle. just said? Matt what Riddle? Riddle? Oh, oh, my homeboy's got his first name back. That's right. Isn't that nice? Because, like, you know, you hear Riddle. And my, like, I always think, like, the Riddler from Batman. Yep. Exactly you know, what I thought. Like, yep. You know, it's hard to like, take him seriously at that point, no matter how serious he is as a character. Yeah. Like, 
with that name Riddle, I thought he was gonna just start busting out riddles like riddle me this, riddle me that. I'm the man of 420, but where's Bray Wyatt in the Mad Hat? Like shit like that I was expecting and it like like can he just be Matt Riddle, the stoner MMA guy that we know him from the UFC for? Like the man's back to being uh, Yeah. Like it's great. It's finally happened. He's Matt Riddle again. Thank you. I'm so glad that we didn't get what I thought of what Riddle was going to be when I first saw the the drop of Matt. But uh, quite the quite the buildup on this one. This I think has the best buildup. And after what we saw on Monday, it gave me WWF attitude vibes. I don't want to make a comparison of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, but this got personal. This got personal in the promos. You know, Matt Riddle referring to Becky Lynch as the real man that, you know, the only man in that relationship between her and Seth. And then Seth firing back with the the family divorce stuff and the kids and this and that. I mean, we know that, yeah, it's all part of the show. But the realism that they gave us in that promo had me 10 times more hyped for this match on Saturday than any other match on this card. Yeah, I think this is going to be one hell of a match. And I think if we're going to see, you know, with WWE going in a more, um, not adult theme programming, but more serious and a little more hard hitting. I think if you're going to see one match where they actually allow blood, I think it's going to be this one. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, like I'm actually kind of glad they held off on doing this match at SummerSlam because it allowed a few more weeks of build to be put into it. And, I'm I'm fucking excited for it, man. You know, that promo really sold everyone on the match this past Monday. Not only that, it was the segment of Monday Night Raw. Without without a doubt, it was the best segment of the night. Um, oh, yeah. We, you know, we haven't seen bad blood in a feud like this since, like, the days of, like, Cena and Orton, Cena and Edge, uh, you know, Edge and Matt Hardy, like that personal, like you, you took this too far real life type heat. We haven't seen this in a very long time. And it feels like it was maybe probably back in the ruthless aggression era. So this is a very welcome change of pace. And I think, you know, Seth never loses anything when he loses. He is one of the few people that can lose over and over again. And he can still manage to be one of the guys, one of the top guys, very reminiscent of, Triple H in the uh, early to mid thousands, you know, he would go from being on top to putting over guy after guy, after guy, after guy. And I think Seth Rollins has stepped into that place where he can hold the title at any point, but then he can also put a million guys over and not lose anything. And because of that, Matt Riddle takes the W here. Yeah, I'm going Matt Riddle. And I think we get at least one more match between the two, possibly at extreme rules of a stipulation. Maybe like a last man standing or something I could see. I'm going Even with you... I'm going with my boy Seth Rollins. His boy. The man he the wrestler he used to literally talk trash about all the time and hated Seth Rollins. Now I like him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I Justin. Not, 
I now I even hey, admitted you. it. Hold up. <laughs> I even admitted it on the show that I hated I to admit it, but I've become a Seth Rollins fan. As much as I find his voice as annoying as it is, he's great on the mic. He's charismatic. He's got a great personality. And he made me hate him, which was literally his job. So, like, now I like him. I told you that years ago, and you said that that was a bunch of bull. I told you, you hated him because he was doing his job right. And you're like, no, I I just hate him. Yeah, well, here we are. Mm -hmm. I will take the Alex. You were right. You told me so anytime. But I'm going to go with Seth and, ladies and gentlemen, the WWE Universal Championship, Roman versus Drew. This one's got an interesting twist, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to let that out. It is rumored that Bray Wyatt is on his way to Clash at the Castle. You guys want to make this a little more interesting? Mm-hmm. PWI has announced that Braun Strowman will be at Monday Night Raw. Bray Wyatt possibility, Braun Strowman possibility. I don't know if they're coming together, if they're a package deal, if the Wyatt family's coming back. But these were names that Triple H wanted back. And if we get them back, with the rumor of Wyatt supposedly going to be a clash at the castle, I just want to say that changes the whole dynamics of this main event of Roman and Drew and what is to come of the championship. Now they say it's the, uh, on the the showcase, you know, they do say that it is the unified WWE universal championship. So that tells me that it is for both belts. We have all made a big deal that Roman has to hold both belts for the WrestleMania match with him and the rock. And that we had thought that if this was going to be one belt defended, that it would be okay for Roman to lose one, but it seems as though it's going to be for both belts, which also plays an effect in in the dynamics. How can you have someone like Drew, and I'm just going to call it because I say Roman wins. How can you have someone like Drew lose the match and still look strong? It's a simple disqualification. Now, I suspect Usos getting involved. Maybe Sami Zayn gets involved. Maybe because Sami Zayn gets involved, Kevin Owens gets involved. I expect a lot of involvement in this match in one way or another. We've also seen that there's other people that want to challenge Roman, such as Karrion Cross. So I'm expecting a lot of involvement in this match but I don't see it going in Drew's favor. Maybe in favor of him winning the match by disqualification, but he's not coming home with the gold. No, don't, don't, don't Lex Luger Drew, man. Don't, don't fucking Lex Luger Drew. Drew is getting the Lex Luger treatment. My Stop. Friend. No. 
Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I I kind of had almost the same exact idea as Lee, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little bit of past storytelling into it, a little bit of twist. Um. So yes, they're gonna have the match. the The Usos are going to get involved at some point. I think we're gonna see Sammy and Kevin come down too. I think there's going to be a disqualification at this point. And then I think um, you're going to see, this might be the time where you see Sammy finally join Kevin Owens because the Usos just start beating on him so unmercifully that Sammy has no choice but to help him. I could see Kevin and Sammy clearing the Usos from ringside after the DQ has already happened. Roman's like on the ground because he probably took a Claymore from Drew right before the DQ happened. And Drew gets attacked by Karrion Cross. You see those guys fight to the outside of the arena or like into the crowd. Basically, the crowd is so enveloped in what's going on with Drew and Karrion Cross at that point. And you see the lights go off. And when the lights go off, I've got one question before you before you before I say who shows up at that point. Who did Roman Reigns defeat in a match? What people? Did Roman Reigns defeat in a match to win the Universal Championship to begin with? It was Braun and Bray. Braun and Bray. They're coming back, and they're getting payback on Roman. It's going to tie into their release. And now, with all that being said, I think that is when one of the titles is going to get split up because we're going to get the payback 2020 rematch of Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and Bray Wyatt. And you're going to get it for probably, I would say, the WWE Championship at this point, depending on what happens in the draft. And I think one of those two men is taking one of those titles from Roman now because you have to, if they're both coming back at the same time, you have to play back that Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman storyline because that's what started the Tribal Chief gimmick. And I think that's the best time to split those titles up now, knowing that information. So I, I don't think Braun's just coming back at Raw. I think we're going to get a swerve. I think we're, you know, Triple H probably now knows that everybody knows that Bray is coming back. And I think Braun's going to show up at Clash of the Castle too. Okay. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say Drew McIntyre defeats Roman Reigns here. And hear me out. Hear me out before everyone attacks me. No, I'm listening. Yeah. I just feel like it's the right time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they've been playing these video packages for Drew McIntyre. They've been making it a big deal. He did all the press for weeks and weeks when they first even announced this event in Cardiff, Wales. So everything has kind of been leading up to this moment. and. Like I like I said earlier, I don't I don't want to see them Lex Luger, Drew McIntyre, and have him win by a disqualification or a count out. And McIntyre's just fucking celebrating in the ring, even though he didn't win the fucking titles. But I don't know, man. This this is the first time in probably a year and a half that I think Roman actually there's a very good chance of him dropping the titles. Cause I've said it before, I'll I'll keep saying it until we get to that point. I don't think Roman Reigns and Uh, The Rock should be for any title going into WrestleMania next year. All it does is give away the result. You know The Rock ain't sticking around if he wins the titles. They're just going to get vacated the next night. And then what do you do? You put him back on fucking Roman Reigns? What was the point? What was the fucking point of all that? But I'm sticking to it. I'm going to say Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre wins both titles here. I know there are a lot of things going around. You have the carrying cross effect. 
the possible Bray Wyatt effect, the possible Braun Strowman. You don't even factor in the Usos and Sami Zayn at that point yet. I know there's a lot going on going into this, but I'm very confident Drew McIntyre walks out of Cardiff, Wales, the undisputed Universal Champion on Saturday. And and honestly, I would love to see that. I would. I'm more or less just going off of like the the possible returns coming back. But in right. in a perfect world, I would also love to see Drew win that night because it's the perfect time. And Cardiff Cardiff is the perfect perfect place for him to win. I think that, however, though, this is the first time in a very long time that I'm almost excited for a possible screwy finish because of the amount of cool things that could happen during it. Right. So I, I think I'm walking away from this main event happy no matter what. Yeah, and another thing, you know, Drew, he's a two-time WWE champion now. Both times he won him, whether it be in front of no fans or a bunch of screens in the crowd in the Thunderdome, this is going to be his big moment, I think, where he gets his WrestleMania-style moment, big stadium, you know, tens of thousands of fans, whether it be 40,000, 70,000, however many tickets they've sold for this. And I think he gets his redemption here. Solid storytelling, no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's what WWE is heavily based on. And I'm saying Roman. I'm Drew's getting the Lax Luger treatment. There's so many possibilities to this match with the rumors and the names that are brought up, and the and the other people that are just involved anyway. There's a lot of people in, that are going to be involved in this match. I mean, Paul Heyman can play a factor. You could see a surprise of Brock Lesnar popping up because we know Brock Lesnar loves to pop up randomly. And, you know, so this, that, you know, it could be Suplex City all over again. Who knows? You're not not wrong. I'm excited for Clash at the Castle, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday. The premium live event can be caught on Peacock. But don't forget, that is not the end of the weekend when it comes to wrestling in WWE. Is Sunday is NXT's Worlds Collide, and Alex has the card for that, and he's going to run it down, and we're going to give our predictions. So, yes, Alex? Uh, yes, I do. This one from being a card that um, not too many people were interested, there was only a couple matches to being possibly one of the most stacked cards of the weekend. Um, just for starters, we have the... NXT North American title match, which Carmelo Hayes was very vocal on Tuesday about how pissed off he was that he wasn't even on the card. And to be honest, I don't think any of us thought that he was going to have a match. And that was until SmackDown Ricochet made a return to NXT along with many other NXT alumni throughout that night. We saw a lot of guys give advice to Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate throughout the night, but then we saw one guy return for, for his own fight. And that was the former NXT North American champion, Ricochet. You know, we've seen in Worlds Collide shows in the past that it wasn't just NXT versus NXT UK. We saw guys from Raw and SmackDown come in. We saw the hell of a match between Dominic Dijakovic and the late, great Luke Harper at one point. And this is heralding back to those types of matches. And boys, I think this is going to be the high-flying match of the show. I think this match probably... I want to say steals the show, but no matter what colors NXT decides to rep, every match on an NXT show somehow always manages to steal the show because they're there to one-up the main roster. They're there to one-up AEW, and they succeed almost every single time when it comes to pay-per-views. And this match is going to be no different. Obviously, I don't see Ricochet 
winning here because he's also on an upward spiral on SmackDown currently. I think he can take the loss at the NXT show at Worlds Collide and not lose anything in it, but do what he said on Tuesday when he said that Carmelo Hayes has not had a memorable title defense. He's had plenty of them, but none memorable. And I think a dominant victory over Ricochet at the end of the night after a long, good match does just that for Carmelo Hayes. So I have Carmelo Hayes retaining the North American title. And he's absolutely right. You can defend a title a thousand times against a thousand people that nobody cares about, but you can defend it one time against that one person and everyone's going to remember that match. And that'll make you have a memorable run. You just need one match. I haven't paid attention to his run at all. And it's not for a lack or for better or worse of him not trying. It's just been undesirable. Maybe me not caring enough. But at the same time, like I said, you can defend it a thousand times. It doesn't mean anything. You know, we come, I come from a generation where championships were defended every day of the week and twice on Sunday. House shows and things like that. Did you also have to walk 15 feet or 15 miles in the snow barefoot, old man? Yeah, you know, where a guy like CM Punk with a championship or Roman Reigns with a championship don't have to defend it at all times, every time. Roman Reigns has held on to the championship for two years, but if you look at someone like Bruno San Martino who defended the champ, you know, who held the championship for seven years, look in the first two years, how many times he defended the belt compared to how many times Roman Reigns defended the belt. Does it necessarily mean anything that Bruno defended it like 3000 times in a year? No, it doesn't, but you gotta have the one match. You gotta have that match everybody remembers as you as champion. Otherwise, who the hell cares that you are a champion if it's not remembered for anything specific? Alex, you and I have talked about this multiple times when we've tried to decipher what is actually considered a jobber nowadays because you see a lot of guys who are heels that are champion have had championships and lose all the time. Uh, an example can be somebody like a Seth Rollins who loses a lot, but that's kind of the role of the heel. Unless you become a champion. And let's be honest, watching a, a heel champion is more fun than watching a face champion. That's just my opinion. But because uh, it builds up to the baby face eventually winning. Yeah, exactly. But but he's had nothing memorable, and I agree with him on that. I I went the long way around saying that I could have just said yeah I agree and ended it, but I had to do this long drawn out <laughs> over. You're good, man. Crap. And so, I th- I think that I think that Ricochet mentioning that on NXT is a dead giveaway that Carmelo 
Hayes is getting yeah. his dominant victory here. I don't know if I would say dominant. It's going to be Carmella winning 100%. I mean, the fact that you're calling down someone from WWE who's already got other storylines uh, invested on the main roster uh, should really, you know, let fans know that, yeah, that guy is not going to win. You know, where they, what they should do is knowing that they call people down is intertwine the storyline, you know, Maybe Carmella was backstage and Ricochet walking by accidentally bumped him and Carmelo takes it the wrong way and Ricochet has a match on SmackDown and later Carmelo comes in and attacks him and then that you know can set them up for NXT. That's where I think the transition with calling people from the main roster to come work NXT gets lost. Like Apollo Crews was called down to NXT and, you know, did a, did a stint down there had nothing to do with the storyline that he had currently going on, on the main roster with his South African accent and everything like that had nothing to do with it whatsoever. That's where I get lost in that transition when they do stuff like that. Like if you're going to have them come down and make it fun and memorable, that's great. But like, you're WWE. You're known for your storytelling. You're known for your storylines. Why can't you intertwine storylines between NXT and WWE to make it work instead of just, hey, go down there and have fun? Well, Apollo's was a little bit of a different case because he he went under one under an entire different character change. He went back to like his old character, and he's still down there. I think he was a case where he is actually back in NXT now. I don't think he's going back to the main roster for some time. No. Yeah, I, it's still just like... I see what you're saying in the ricochet sense, though. Yeah, you know, but like WWE has done it multiple times now. Right. You know, like at least have it intertwined with the storyline instead of just having the guy come down and being like, yeah, I'll face you. There should have been more to it if that if that's the case. That's all I'm, I'm trying to right. go with. Kind of like there should have been more when the Viking Raiders went back down to NXT for that short stint. Too. yeah exactly exactly right. so there you go yeah yeah just no like- i i i for sure get what you're saying uh but you know we talked about the viking raiders just now solid tag team with uh you know their force actually being shown in the tag team division recently on smackdown speaking of uh tag team wrestling justin before we get going what do you have to say on ricochet and carmelo yeah carmelo hayes all the way man this carmelo just he's a star he's going to be a star on the main roster especially under the regime of triple h you know, this guy's really just on top of his game on NXT. And I think this is going to be a show stealer of the night. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back to the tag team wrestling that we were just talking about with, you know, the Viking Raiders and whatnot. We also have a unification match for the NXT and NXT UK tag team titles at Worlds Collide. We have the Creed brothers of Brutus and Julius Creed representing NXT. And we have, uh, Brooke Jensen and Josh Briggs, the NXT UK champion, tag team champions. And also Gallus, consisting of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang and Pretty Deadly, Elton Price and Kit Wilson in a fatal four-way tag team elimination match for both the NXT tag team championships and the NXT UK tag team championships. Boys, who do you got? <laughs> Uh, 
I'm laughing because I don't watch NXT UK, so... Take a guess, then, Lee. The first team. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm going with either... I can see the Creed brothers unifying the tag titles because uh, Julius Creed and Roderick Strong have somewhat of a storyline in progress right now where, you know, it's it's basically looking like they're just waiting to pull the trigger on Roddy turning on Diamond Mine and uh, possibly going up to the main roster, I'm thinking. Um, but also, Gallus has been a pretty deadly force since showing up in NXT 2.0 a couple weeks ago. So I think that the um, this might be the one match where you actually see the UK champion unify the titles. So I'm actually going to go with Gallus on this match. So I would love to see fucking Pretty Deadly win this, only because they're one of my favorite acts on NXT TV right now. And yes, Alex, I see your face. Deal with it. Yes, boy, Pretty Deadly, but uh, I don't see them winning this match. They're just a knockoff version of Breezango. Bro, fuck you. Pretty Deadly is so fucking cool. I don't, I don't care. I love everything they do on TV. I hate you. Um, but I'm going to say Gallus, too. I think we do get the turn with Roderick Strong and, you know, the Creed Brothers and Diamond Mind in this match. And I think that eventually actually costs them the titles here. But I think Gallus going forward, they'll unify the UK titles and the current NXT titles and go from there. Alrighty, easy enough. We also have another tag team match of Katana Chance and Caden Carter defending the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships against the Monday Night Raw Tag Team of Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. You know what was actually pretty shocking is, you know, Lee, you said you haven't paid attention to NXT much, so you would know based off of Monday watching Monday Night Raw that we have not seen much of Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop since Triple H took over aside from the backstage segments of the car accident that happened or them fighting in the background of another interview uh, about a week or two ago. You haven't seen much actually like in the ring or on the mic of the two of them though. So you, you would probably think Lee, I'm just, I'm speaking directly at you. You would probably think that when they showed up on NXT this week, that they got, Probably little to no reaction, right? No, they would have gotten the complete opposite. I would assume you... that it was a huge, huge pop because the main roster crowd is different than NXT. You know, if you're an NXT OG, it doesn't matter who you are. You're getting a pop. Yep. You, know, you, are, you are correct. Look what happened when uh, Breeze Dango. Breeze Dango. You know, the crowd went nuts. You know, the crowd goes nuts down in NXT when NXT OGs come back. And that is exactly what happened this past week. Uh, Dewdrop came out. Everybody was pretty hyped when she came out. I think, you know, a lot of people had maybe the thought that because she came from NXT UK, that maybe we would actually be seeing like a switch back to the Piper Niven character. Um, but then after that, when Nikki A.S.H. came out, the crowd erupted because they, they know her original roots. They know her roots of coming from Sanity and NXT. They erupted for Nikki A.S.H. And for the first time since they've been a tag team, they actually came off as pretty badass in that segment. So I think we have enough to actually make this an entertaining match. Do they win the titles? Absolutely not. 
they're they're still on Monday Night Raw. This goes back to what you just said, Lee, about people having storylines going on on the main roster. Still, there's got to be a combination of what's going on in the background of all of these interviews with the two of them. They're not there on purpose. They're not. I mean, they're not there on accident. They're not in the background of these promos on accident every single time. It's going to lead to something, whether it's a breakup, them coming after the tag titles with newer, more aggressive characters. I don't know. I don't care. But because of that, I don't see them defeating Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Therefore, the two, Chance and Carter, retain the women's tag team titles. Well, it's rumored that Nikki A.S.H. might be getting some sort of character change. Whether that's true or not, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, it, it just goes back to, you know, something like that, though, I can understand if it's, you know, they're calling an open challenge and, you know, do drop in Nikki A- A.S.H. comes out, which is totally understandable. And the pop that they got, I just you just knew that that's what was going to happen. I just wish that. You know, NXT and Triple H, you know, that that was, you know, that's Triple H's baby. It always has been, always will be type deal. But they need to find out and figure out a way to get that NXT crowd vibe and feel into the crowd of the main roster. Because if NXT, you know, they need to figure out why in NXT the crowd is piping hot for Earthquake's daughter and Nikki A.S.H. They just need to figure that out. Because up on the main roster, it's not the same. They're not they don't get that pop. And you know, a lot of those stars, you know, from NXT when they come up from the main roster, they don't get the same pop that you know they did in NXT. It's a different crowd, it's a different vibe. And that's where the, on the main roster they need to figure out how to get, you know, the vibes of the NXT crowd in on the main roster. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them winning just because of current storylines that they're involved with, you know, and and being on the main roster. Unless it's a, unless something happens there, I just I don't see it. I agree. I I think this show is also being uh, shown as a statement show where you're going to see Triple H put a shot of adrenaline back into NXT that it has been missing since. It became NXT 2.0 with the exception of, you know, anything Braun Breaker related. But I I think with these dominant victories from these people that are in NXT now, I think you're going to you're going to start seeing, well, the theme of the show might not change. I think we're going to start getting some of the old good programs and wrestling and NXT back that we saw when it was under the control of Triple H. Well, and the other thing here, too, is is I also think this is kind of. I don't want to say a shot at AEW because All Out is also on the same day, both on Sunday. I think by adding elements of the main roster to NXT, it's going to get main roster people to watch NXT instead of All Out. It's really, you know, I don't want to say it's like a petty thing, but... I kind of view it as a way of Triple H saying, I don't have to pull out my best to beat you on your best AEW card. 
because you already have a bunch of our former talents, but I'm going to beat you with what I've got, and I'm not even bringing out the A game on Sunday. Yeah, how well did that go for him when NXT Black and Gold went on USA up against AEW? It did not go well. That's just a point I'm making, but we, 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 re- we really won't know until after this show is done and over with. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you guys. Nikki and Dewdrop not winning here. You know, it's just a way to give Katana and Kaden Carter a win since winning the titles a few weeks ago. And by the way, what a name. Katana Chance! I feel like a little comic book bubble should pop up whenever I do that. But I, That's one of the few name changes I don't mind, though, because I think her last name was a little too hard for people to remember and pronounce before. So I think giving her a shorter name that's still kind of... It, it almost matches her her in-ring style with that Ninja Warrior um, type, you know, moveset that she has. I, I think that was a welcome name change, in my opinion. Yeah, it's what not terrible, but... What was it before? It was uh, Casey Canton Zaro. Oh, that's... Uh, um... She was on, like, the, the Ninja Warrior show before. Yeah, isn't that uh, Buttfinger Boy's girlfriend? Yeah. Well, they're not together they're... anymore, but... Oh, they're not! No, uh, Ricochet's with Samantha Irvin now, the SmackDown ring announcer. Ricochet Ricochet passes himself around more than his viral video went around. Yeah, he passes himself around more than CM Punk passed himself around. And that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. He was was with, like, Kelly Kelly, Maria, uh, um, friggin' Lita, Beth Beth Phoenix, uh, AJ... Who didn't he date on the women's roster? Right? CM Punk got around during his time in WWE. Good for that, man. He had a bu- he had a bucket list when he got signed, and that was the only reason he went to WWE. <laughs> but we're not here for that. Now we can talk about CM Punk's love life some other time. Right now, we're going to talk about the NXT Women's and NXT UK Women's Championship match. We are having another unification match between Mandy Rose, Mako Satomura, and Blair Davenport to unify the NXT Women's Championship and the NXT UK Women's Championship. And I believe, boys, when we talked about this last week, I think we all had different opinions on what was going to happen. I think this is going to be the one match where nobody really sees this one coming. I think, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh, this champion wins or that champion wins. We've got the Dark Horse and Blair Davenport who is also a veteran wrestler at this point. I think this is the upset match of the night, and I think you're going to see both Mandy and Mako lose both of their titles because I could see Mandy going back up to the main roster, and Mako's always been good enough to just go right to the main roster as it is. She's probably the best women's wrestler in the world, in my opinion, uh, from a skilled standpoint. So I think you see Blair Davenport win here, and I think you see Mandy and Mako both go up to the main roster soon, especially with the draft coming up. Yeah, so I'm going to take Mako completely out of the equation here. I think it's either going to be Mandy Rose or Blair Davenport. But me and you, me and you, Alex, we talked about this off screen recently. But, um, you know, we agreed that Blair is either there to win the title or she's there to eat the pin. I don't, I don't think I see her eating the pin in this, which is the interesting thing. Now, I have no problem with them putting the titles on her, 
or the title because it's going to be unified after this and Mandy going up to the main roster like we're all expecting with Toxic Attraction because, you know, Mandy's got to lose that title at some point. We're coming up on a year with Mandy Rose's Women's Champion in NXT. But it's just odd timing because Blair only showed up on NXT TV within the last two or three weeks. So, yeah, it's it's possible, and I think that's who I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with Blair because I think they just have other plans for Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction going forward. Well, and think about this, too. There's there's only one woman in WWE history that has won both the NXT champ- Women's Championship and the NXT UK Women's Championship, and that's Rhea Ripley. Who did she appear with in a segment on NXT this week, and who did she basically put her support and backing behind? It was Blair Davenport. Very true. Lee, do you know anything about what's going on here? <laughs> You want my prediction? Yep, I do. I crave it. Can you say the names again? No, no, I got it. I do. That's exactly where that was going. It's Mandy Rose, Mako Satamora, and Blair Davenport. Mantar. (laughs) All right. uh, Mandy and Mako both start with an M as well. So we'll take Blair Davenport out of the equation for Lee. Lee, you got to pick one. I think Lee's saying Mandy. Mandy Mantar. I think Mandy Ma- Mandy Mantar wins the match. All right. Lee gets Mandy Rose. We're moving on. All right. We have the main event. We have the match to unify the NXT Championship and the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Guys, I think this one's a no-brainer, unfortunately. Ron Breaker's walking away with both titles. I want fucking Tyler Bate, though, man. I do. I do. But you know that's not happening. I know. Braun Breaker, Braun Breaker's on a solid roll, and I don't even think he's being pushed down our throats in a way that we don't like. He, the man is a star. That man's going to main event WrestleMania one day, and he's going to be one of the faces of the company at some point, as long as he doesn't mess up. So there's no way Braun Breaker loses here, in my opinion. Dude, there's people still out there in the WWE universe that are asking who is Tyler Bate. That's I'm, I'm being dead serious. And it's it's no nothing against the man. I've watched NXT UK once. Once. I'm sorry. Catching that show live on a Thursday afternoon here when it's you know live over there at a different time. It's too hard. Yeah, it's just hard. It is. And to say, well, you know, you can catch a replay of it, it's, you know, because it's on Peacock. I already struggled to get through Raw, SmackDown. I, I honestly, I don't really try and watch NXT UK, to be honest with you. I, I, I do try to have a life too outside of wrestling. Well, good. It's not on anymore. Nothing to worry about. Good. <laughs> I'm glad they canceled NXT. But like, you know, I, I don't catch NXT UK. There's just there's too much wrestling. And I, I've been an advocate about this. You know, that's why, like, you know, you're seeing a lot of you know, former WWEs who you know, if they're not in the company, they're they've gone to work 
regular full-time jobs. Uh, Fandango works a construction job that ever so great that everybody loved from the Forgotten Sons, Jackson Riker. Sells cars now. Yeah, he's a car salesman. You know, like shit happens. Like there's not enough big companies, but you have too many people who want to presume or preserve or have the right to believe that there's still a name when, you know, maybe should acknowledge like I was only a mid carter here, but I'm not really, I'm not going to evolve past where I'm at. And then they get released and then they still have those hopes. It is what it is, but to sit here and try and even have to have the audacity to make a prediction for this match is literally kind of just insulting. It's Braun Breaker all day. I'm sorry, it's not Braun Breaker. It's Braun Steiner. Because if it talks like a Steiner, looks like a Steiner, wrestles like a Steiner, and wears gears, wrestling gear like a Steiner, and maybe even do gear too like a Steiner. It's a Steiner. Don't forget does don't forget does math like a Steiner. And does math like a Steiner. And barks like a Steiner. (laughs) It's a Steiner. But Braun Breaker wins this match, hands down. If Tyler Bates wins this match, this will be my last podcast. Only now, if he wins, I'm done. That is a fucking bold prediction right there. Hell yeah, Justin, two-man wrecking crew. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, um, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, I want Tyler Bate, but I think Braun Breaker's winning this with a 133 and 2% chance of winning this match. Realistically, <laughs> realistically, I think the only way that Braun Breaker loses this match is if he's getting called up to the main roster. Right. But, I mean, I still think if then, I think there's other people that you should prioritize. Not that Tyler Bate doesn't deserve it. I think he needs a, I think, for for fairness for his career, I think if he's going to win the NXT championship, I think he needs a little more time in the actual, in front of the American NXT universe. Which, I mean, he had at one point during the Black and Gold Brands era, but then he was gone again for a while. So I think he needs to stick around a little longer before he gets his moment. You guys, you have guys that are already ready. I think Grayson Walter could already take a run at the NXT championship. You could see Apollo win the NXT championship. There's, there's other guys that should be prioritized first while you rebuild bait back up. And I think that starts by him losing the title and getting a redemption story. So Braun breaker all the way for me, but Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our predictions for WWE Clash at the Castle and WWE NXT's Worlds Collide pay-per-view. Lee, back to you. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find this show anywhere and everywhere. Podcasts are found on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, and Red Circle. Ladies and gentlemen, it is perched on the top rope. And for all of you who have kept us on Chartable, it's top 250 in the wrestling podcast world. We thank you. You can catch us on YouTube with great interviews, 
including the current AEW star Jake Hager that just came out today. Ladies and gentlemen, it is youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Facebook at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. You can find us on Twitch, where Perched Gaming's Alex Todd plays WWE and more. It's Twitch TV, Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on TikTok, where we make hilarious Selena scenes. And we also have uh, great content on there and some news here and there doing some great duets. So check that out, Perched on the Top Rope. And if none of that sounds great, well, the the best video we honestly have is former WCW Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. You heard that correctly. The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, on TikTok, Perched on the Top Rope, getting humped by a dog. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us on Instagram, at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. And you can also catch Justin Largertoe, the Perched Correspondent, vlogging on his YouTube channel at youtube.com. I believe Justin We Trust, right? Justin We Trust? In Justin We Trust, that's correct. In Justin We Trust, ladies and gentlemen. So, ladies and gentlemen, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. Peace out, guys. Mm-hmm.